TII item 426, April 30th, 2017, iOS 10.3.2, beta 3, 4, and 5. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of who I am. This episode is sponsored by Bowl and Branch. Go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TII to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you've ever owned. Today's episode is sponsored by Texture. Go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your free trial. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ronan for sending in the music here in the background. Ronan wrote, Hi, Rob. Heard you say you were running low on music, and I threw it out to my kids. My 12-year-old son, RJ, opened the GarageBand on my iPad Pro and created this song, which my 10-year-old daughter, Kayla, named Juice and Jam. Hope you like it. We are longtime listeners and really enjoy the podcast. Thanks for what you do. Regards, Ronan, Phoenix City, Alabama. Well, thanks, Ronan, and your kids for the music. And folks, I will put the full song at the end of the episode. I also want to thank Olga for sending in the artwork for today's show. Olga wrote the following. Hi, Rob. Are you still collecting photos in front of Apple stores? Here's mine in front of the Apple store, Marche Saint-Germain in Paris. Thanks again for mentioning my app, Q Music. App promotions are a lot of work, as it turns out. Regards, Olga. And I made this artwork square with the Photos app, and then I added in the TII with the Over app. Thanks, Olga, for sending in this artwork. And folks, you can see Olga's artwork in the free TII app via the bonus button for episode 426 or at Instagram.com slash and also at Facebook.com slash Olga's picture was the second one to kick off the 10-year anniversary of Today in iOS, which was yesterday was our 10-year anniversary. And back then it was called Today in iPhone. And it was the first podcast about the iPhone and launched April 29, 2007. Please, when taking a photo of yourself in front of your local Apple store, if possible, make it a square picture as I have to make them square for iTunes. And put the Apple store location on the photo along with the TII or Today in iOS branding. Thanks to the many of you that have already sent in photos. As always, send in those pics to todayinios at gmail.com. Also, if you have some music you've created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com. Please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, Business technology should contribute to efficiency. A real laptop or netbook does real work that helps a business succeed. So does a BlackBerry, a Pre, or an iPhone. But cool as it may be, the iSlate fails that crucial test. Ignore the frenzy. Save your money. Unquote. Bill Schneider. PC World. 19th of January, 2010. Let's forget for a second he called the iPad an iSlate. And look at the other items he mentioned doing real work. A Pre, a BlackBerry, and a netbook. With those were three examples, hmm, and all are dead products or product segments. The iPad, however, it is still humming along and more sales last quarter than all three of those other products mentioned combined. Heck, even Apple sells many times more iPads than they do laptops. Just saying. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. 
We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayonios.gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are a dev or author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Apple released a few betas of iOS 10.3.2 since the last episode. Beta 3 came out on Monday, April 17th, followed by Beta 4 on Monday, April 24th, and one that was one week later, and then Beta 5 on Thursday, April 27th, just three days later. I could not find one single new feature listed in any of the reviews of these three betas, nor could I find them when looking around myself. Just notes and comments out there about bug fixes, mostly around SiriKit and third-party VPN issues. This is not at all surprising. Double dot updates are just about bug fixes for the most part, and more so even with the betas of double dot updates. It is nice to see Apple going with more and more of these betas, even with these double dot updates. This all shows Apple's really, really working hard to make sure when they go Goldmaster on these updates that they have less and less issues than they've had in the past. On Monday, April 17th, Apple also released Watch OS 3.2.2 Beta 3, and then one week later on the 24th, released Watch OS 3.2.2 Beta 4. No Beta 5 was released. As you probably already guessed, just bug fixes and optimization for both of those betas, no new features listed anywhere or expected by anyone for that matter. And finally with the betas, Apple released tvOS 10.2.1 Beta 3 on Monday the 17th, and then one week later, on the 24th of April, they released Beta 4. No Beta 5 there either. Just like with the iOS betas and watch OS betas, these double-date updates for Apple TV bring bug fixes and optimization only, no new features. I checked around the Apple forum boards as well for all these betas, and nothing exciting to report. Just lots of speculation that Goldmaster for the public would be coming maybe this week and next week at the latest. So somewhere between, say... May 1st and 15th uh, for all three of those OSs. Well, four if you count the Mac OSs. But we don't cover the fourth leg on this show. Of course, if you are testing any of these betas and ever find anything, please call the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Okay, not all Apple software moves lately were around the betas. Apple is now making iMovie, GarageBand, and the iWorks apps, pages, numbers, and keynotes, free for all iOS and Mac users. This is obviously great news. Keynote, if you have never used it, is so much better than PowerPoint. It's not even close. I speak all the time. I did three presentations in the last week alone, and Keynote is my best friend when I speak. But overall, getting the whole iWorks suite available for free is huge for users, Make sure you go and get those apps on all your iOS devices and, of course, Macs. For those that not in the know on these, Pages is Apple's competitor to Word and will open and edit Word documents and then export back out to Word, including if you have tracking changes. So it includes those changes you've made and it keeps that so it's just like using Word. And Numbers is the competitor to Excel and also will open any Excel doc where you can edit and export back out as Excel and then Keynote. Again, is the competitor to PowerPoint, and it will open and export as, as PowerPoint. iMovie, GarageBand, Pages, Numbers, and Keynote are free for download by all iOS users and Mac users. Hardware and OS restrictions do apply, so you want to check to make sure your hardware and software match up to what you need. Now, I'm not sure if this is going to be forever or a limited time, but as near as I can tell, it looks to be permanent. iWorks apps and iLife apps have been free to new Mac buyers since 2013 anyway, 
but nice to see all the iWork apps free for all iOS users. Well, at least iOS users that have hardware that meets the current requirements. For those of you in Europe, Apple is making some updates from Apple Maps. They will be adding in EV charging stations and bike rental locations. EV charging stations have been on Apple Maps in the U.S. since December 2016 via partnership with ChargePoint. In the article from Bloomberg where this was update was announced, Arnie Mouchel, uh, the CEO and co-founder of Serantic, who Apple has this partnership for Europe, said the following, quote, We think that consistent live information of the growing charger infrastructure increases the confidence of EV drivers, and especially with Apple Maps, attracts new user groups to sustainable mobility offerings like EV cars. In the UK, we started with supporting the major charger operators, including Podpoint, CYC, Ectricity, NPower, and NewMotion. Any interested operator is welcome to set up a connection with us, unquote. Serantic, again, is the company helping Apple with the data in Europe. It looks like right now most of the charging station locations that were added to Apple Maps are in the UK, but the company, Serantic, is located in Munich and is likely EV locations for all of Europe will be coming very, very soon. If you have a first-gen Apple Watch like I do, good news for you and me. Apple has extended repair coverage to three years with regards to expanded swollen batteries. This is a two-year bump over the original one-year warranty for the Apple Watch overall. When your battery swells, it causes undue pressure on the screen, and in many of those cases, reports of the screen being pushed out from the body. Obviously, that's not supposed to happen. Think? If you have an issue like this, if at all possible, get your Apple Watch to your closest Apple store. You can have another year on top of the original um, purchase date from when you got that first-gen Apple Watch. In my case, that would be coming up uh, my two-year anniversary here in the next month or so. And speaking of the Apple Watch, Apple literally sweats the little details when it comes to its products. And in this case, we are talking about Apple actually creating their own fake sweat to test Apple Watch and bands for the Apple Watch. Apple wants to make sure if you wear your Apple Watch when you are working out or basically all the time, it's not charging, that you don't get an adverse skin reaction to your Apple Watch or the bands. This is actually something that happened to my oldest son with his Fitbit. He was wearing it nonstop except for the little bit of time when he needed to charge it. And that meant two out of three nights he would wear it and have it on during all the days. And that led to a rash. And now he's taking it off each night and charging it. Apparently, Fitbit rash is something like tennis elbow. Just Google Fitbit rash and you will get over 500,000 results. Apple via the fake sweat wants to make sure that is not a case with the Apple Watch and the bands they're selling. There is even a video where an Apple employee goes over making fake sweat and why they did it, and it is a strange, very strange video that, well, I'm guessing the person that made it at Apple is definitely taking advantage of those liberal pot laws in California, just saying, and or he watched a scanner darkly one time too many. Link in the show notes to find the video on Apple's fake sweat, and yes, it's a very obscure video. Comscore just released some numbers. They kind of like to do that. Eh, well, that's their job. And their latest numbers show Apple with more iPhone users in the U.S. than any time in the past. There are now 85.8 million active iPhone users age 13 and older. Sorry, H&P, you were not counted in that group. 
The 6 and 6S models are the most popular with 48.4% of all those iPhones. The 7 and 7 Plus make up 15% and there's 17.8% going to the 5, 5S and 5C combined. That 85.8 million number is good for 43% of the total US market for smartphones. Android is in at 54%. And then there are some crumbs left over for BlackBerry, Microsoft, Windows, Symbian, and Palm, if anybody's even using those latter two. If you have an iPad 4th gen and bring it into Apple for repair and it needs replacement, there is a good chance you will get a newer iPad Air 2 as a replacement, as there are basically no more iPad 4th gens for replacement stock. According to Apple, quote, starting March 30th, iPad 4th generation whole unit repairs may be substituted to iPad Air 2, unquote. Additionally, since storage options are different, if you had a 16 not enough gigabyte version, you would likely get a bump to a 32 still not enough gigabyte options uh, version. 64 barely enough gigabyte versions will be replaced with 128. Ah, that is enough gigabyte versions. Of course, the folks at the Apple Store will let you know your options at the time because there's also a new color to choose from. Thanks again to Bowling Branch for sponsoring our show. And let's talk Mother's Day. It's coming up fast, and Bowling Branch can come to the rescue. With Bowling Branch, you get the best sheets, which are made from 100% organic cotton. That means not only do Bowling Branch sheets feel comfortable and incredible, they also look amazing. And we've had ours for well over a year now, and they are still very, very soft you get the nicest sheets you've ever owned for about half the price of what stores and boutiques would be charging for sheets of far lower quality. And the box they came in and the individual pouches for the sheets and pillowcases while well, the presentation is something any Apple user can appreciate. Get $50 off your first set of sheets at bowlandbranch.com using promo code TII. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code TII. These sheets are only sold online at bowlandbranch.com. You can't buy them in any stores. That's how they keep the pricing low and free of markups. But here's the best part. Don't take my word for it. Try them out for yourself. For 30 nights risk-free, Bowling Branch is so sure you're going to fall in love with their sheets that they give you a 30 nights to try them out. If you don't love them for any reason, they will take them back and refund you without any hassle at all. And again, with Mother's Day quickly approaching, Bowling Branch has many other great cotton products to choose from. They have the best bath towels, hem duvet covers, throw blankets, and more. Treat that special mom in your life to the best cotton products by going to bowlandbranch.com. And if you use promo code TI, you will get $50 off your first set of sheets. That's B-O-L-L-N branch.com and use promo code TII. Hey, Rob. My name is Andy from a little town called Poughton, North Carolina. And in response to the feller on your last show, I just listened to it here. It was talking about using VoiceOver on the iPhone. You can use VoiceOver to control every aspect of the iPhone, along with Siri. I am totally blind, and I have three iPhones. I have a 5S, a 6S, and a 7. And I use all three of them very proficiently with VoiceOver. Also, if you know of any bugs... Concerning voiceover, would you please list them on the show for us? We'd really appreciate it because there's a lot of totally blind users out there. And I've been listening to your program probably now for the last six or eight months, and I appreciate it. And we do try to gleam a little bit from what you're saying there and put it to voiceover perspectives. So thank you for doing the show, and we appreciate it. Rob, this is Andy again. I forgot to mention one thing on our last phone call. 
for the person that wanted to know about voiceover, if you will go to applevis.com, you can learn a lot about using voiceover, and they have a lot of uh, different podcasts on there also. Andy, thanks for the feedback, and I was going to recommend AppleViz, and I'll have a link to it in the show notes. But folks, yeah, if you are looking for a great resource for those that are visually impaired and how to use Apple devices, AppleViz is probably the best resource out there. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob, forwarding this to you so you can warn others of the scan. Cheers, John, Dr. John M., And what Dr. John forwarded to me was a phishing scam where you get an email that looks a lot like a standard Apple store receipt. And this is for, in this case, $140 for an Apple gift card. And then at the bottom of the email is a link at the end of the sentence that reads, quote, if you did not make these purchase, please cancel it now, unquote. Oh, English grammar can be a tricky thing. But Apple would never say these purchase. Not only that, they would not give you a link to click on to cancel. That link is the phishing bait, which will take you to a place that you can enter in your Apple ID and password, which they will then take and then go purchase things. If you get this email, don't fall for it, which I'm guessing those listening would not, but hey, at least warn your relatives not to fall for it. So let them know about this phishing scam that's going around right now. And thanks to Dr. John for the heads up on this. Hey, Rob. Uh, this is Richard in Florida. Uh, about the caller that asked for a notification when a person arrives or leaves a certain location. Find My Friends can notify you upon a set location if you have set it up, either the home or the or another location, I don't think it's super accurate, just judging by us trying to use it when our kids <laughs> go somewhere. Anyway, that's one suggestion. Richard, thank you for the feedback. We are now over 3,500 members in our Google Plus community and growing. Thanks to everyone that has joined, and thanks for the great posts. One new post in the Google Plus community that went up since the last episode was from Gil Burdaski. Sorry, Gil who commented on the following, quote, how to turn off all alerts. There's probably a simple answer to this. I just can't find it. I hope someone in the community can tell. I sometimes use my iPad to do public presentations, and I have had embarrassing situations when a banner notification comes across the top of the screen. These can be tweets, iMessages from family or friends, notifications of incoming phone calls on my Comcast home phone, sports scores, news updates, my bank alerting me on a charge withdrawal, and the like. And I've even gotten interrupted by FaceTime calls. Is there any way to temporarily turn off all interrupting notifications from any app during the time of the presentation and then turn them back on afterwards? I don't want to have to go into 14 different apps, turn off notifications, and then go back to 14 different apps and turn them back on. I simply can't find anything in settings to allow me to do this, I tried turning on Do Not Disturb setting, but that only quiets the phone and it does not turn off alerts. By the way, for what it's worth, I do these presentations. I'm using Safari, not PowerPoint or Keynote, so I have to remain connected to the internet. I figured maybe Keynote or iOS would have a setting turn off outside notifications during Slideshow, but I can't even find that. Any help would be appreciated. Thanks. Unquote. 
And Timmy T replied with, quote, do not disturb works for alerts as well, just uh, not just phone calls, as long as you have always checked at the bottom, unquote. Ken Ostrander replied with, quote, I have never had Do Not Disturb not work on everything except my favorites. I have a Pebble Smart Watch, and it is always, well, almost always okay on Do Not Disturb, and my iPhone never lights up when an alert comes through. Only my watch does, unquote. Chris Coyne replied with, quote, looks like guided access is the answer. Read here, and then they give a link to Macworld, how to temporarily mute notifications on iOS. Hope this helps, unquote. And I'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, since the last episode, there were also dozens and dozens of other new posts and comments in the TII Google Plus community, which is an Android fanboys free zone and spammer free zone. Yep, it is the most civil Google Plus community covering iOS. Folks, go to today and iOS.com slash community to join in. And thanks to all 3,500 plus of you already in the community and contributing. And from the Google Plus community, there are these comments for the last episode, which I always try to remember to pin the last episode to the top. From Francisco Tapia, he said, quote, in response to Matt, Wi-Fi can be confusing, but thankfully Apple provides the airport app. Download it from the App Store after installing, go into settings app and enable Wi-Fi scanning. Then look for what the strongest signals are. If your router is a minus 50 on channel one and your neighbor is minus 60 on channel three or five, change your router to channel your router to channel 11 or 12 for non-US. It is the 2.4 gigahertz interference that causes poor Wi-Fi. Channel five is not a magic number. It's probably just the current uh, clear number that they pick on default. Um, and then he said, uh, Rob Walsh and for Dave G, the answer is find my friend. So per the other question, you want to do that fence, it's find my friends, which we heard earlier. It will send an alert to their partners as they as the choose when they arrive or leave an area using geofences, unquote. Let's see, Myron Euchre said, quote, for geofencing app, you could try if this, then that app, unquote. And from Stephen Watley, he said, quote, Rob, you recommended investing in short charging cables. I really like these four-inch charging syncing cables, the Zadat, Z-D-A-T-T, short iPhone lightning cables. I have four of them, unquote. And then from John Poyser, he said, quote, I bought this Fleck 4-pack, fantastic and well-priced Fleck lightning to USB cable app, uh, lightning adapters, uh, for all lightning devices, uh, they're short, uh, 0.2 meters, 8.5 inches, perfect for multi-port USB charging stations, and they sell them in a four-pack, unquote. And link in the show notes for both of those cables. Um, thanks, folks, for all the feedback. Uber seems to like to break the rules when it comes to iOS apps, even going so far as to put in a geofence around the Apple headquarters so as to have the app work one way, for app testers, and another for the rest of the world. Apple, of course, is clueless to all this, and it's never going to figure out what's going on. And even if it does, it's Uber, and Apple will not say anything, right? Well, that must be how the internal conversations went at Uber. And you can pretty much see how this is going to end. Yep, Apple sent a note to Uber for them to come down to the principal's office. Uber CEO then went to Cupertino and met with Tim Cook. Cook reportedly started the conversation by saying, quote, so I've heard you've been breaking some of our rules, unquote. Tim then took out his ruler, had the Uber CEO 
Kalamak bent over his desk, and he whacked him ten times hard across the posterior. But hey, you don't have to believe me. Apple released some audio of their meeting. Here it is. Assume the position. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Thank you, sir. May I have another? Well, it either went that way or Tim just said, you'll bring your app back into compliance post-haste or your app is out of the app store. Obviously, if Uber's app was yanked, it would be devastating for Uber, especially if Apple pulled that kill lever, which in this case, they would have been justified in doing. While Apple users would not have been pleased, there would have been alternatives, i.e. Lyft. But again, for Uber, it would have been a death knell. The issue in hand is that Uber's app kept tracking users for weeks after the last use of their app, which is called fingerprinting. When I was telling my wife about this story and Uber's CEO getting smacked down by Tim, she asked a very interesting question. Why would Uber be doing this? What's in it for them to track where past users are all the time? And I was a little remiss to give her a short answer on that and what the advantage is to Uber. So I looked around on this to try to find an answer, and the only thing I could find was Uber said they were tracking for at least five minutes after a user got done using the app to make sure there was not driver fraud going on. Um, okay, but five minutes in a couple of weeks are quite a bit different. And adding in geofences around Cupertino? Yeah, and now you know why Kalanick got the rule of treatment from Tim Cook. Just saying iPhone 2017, or iPhone 8 rumors, abound, and they run all over the place these past two weeks. So here is a quick recap of what was thrown against the wall since the last episode. Any from Digitimes have been removed, so if there are some stories you may have heard of that aren't covered here, that's why. Molds for cases show a vertical orientation with dual cameras versus the iPhone 7 Plus's horizontal placement. Tight supplies for OLED screens will greatly limit the number of units at launch, and launch will be delayed until October-November, and said OLED screen will be edge-to-edge and top-to-bottom. Another rumor site called this rumor questionable because, well, it did not match up to the other less-than-questionable rumors, I guess they are. Well, said questionable rumor said Apple would only be releasing two new iPhones, not three like everyone else is guessing about. This rumor is basically that Apple will release just the iPhone 7S and the iPhone 8 and no iPhone 7S Plus. So essentially 7S Plus is just called the iPhone 8. Then we get into the rumor that Apple will release the new iPhone 8 with no touch ID at all. The analyst reporting this rumor says the issue with the edge-to-edge top-to-bottom screen is that Apple cannot get the through the screen touch ID sensors to work as needed. So they will just scrap touch ID completely. Uh, no. I guess the rumor goes uh, that facial recognition would be used instead. See Samsung and the issue with a photo of a person being used to unlock their phone. Again, uh, no. Of course, the last rumor of no touch ID Um, mutated quickly, and it turned into a rumor about Touch ID on the back of the device, like an Android phone might have. Of course, those rumors and, quote, leaked 
unquote, photos quickly found uh, the source of the photos to be based on a mock-up. Then came the rumor about leaked final design images coming out of Foxconn. In said rumor, the iPhone 8 would have a 5.8-inch OLED display that goes to all the edges and top and bottom. No bezels. And the buttons on the side would not be mechanical buttons anymore, but virtual, which would offer haptic feedback when pushed. Another report from an analyst that has gone through the rumors uh, picked the ones they believed in and uh, then ran pricing. And this time it was uh, Katie Rhymes with Puberty, Huberty, whom said she disagrees with other Apple analysts because, well, that's the only way she can get coverage. And said the average sales price for the iPhone, for all the iPhones for 2018 fiscal year, will be $750 or $3 versus the street's $675 consensus. She said all those great rumored features for the iPhone 8 will raise the sales price and interest and cause a lot of them to be sold at the higher price point. And then finally, let's see, after eight months of an all glass design with curved OLED displays, a new stronger rumor front is that the iPhone 8 will be a stainless steel chassis, flat OLED display, and previously mentioned vertical or vertically oriented back cameras. But this rumor says the reason for the change in the orientation, which the other rumors never gave, would be to support AR features better. With all these rumors in a short time, that usually leads into a post where someone says, here is what we know about the iPhone 8 so far. And this time it was M Board Engineering that pulled it all together. And quickly, the iPhone 8 will have the following. An OLED screen for better battery life. Wireless charging. But this could be short distance, basically contact with a wireless charging mat, i.e. placing it on a mat, to long distances where wireless charging is filling your airwaves with questionably researched charging waves. And your iPhone gets charged and your body gets bombarded. See Johnny Mnemonic for any possible information on this one. The A11 CPU would be there, but really, why even bother adding that in? It's a given at this point. New biometrics improvements, including facial recognition and maybe an iris scan. Storage would bump up on the low end from 32 to 64 gigs. Other levels would stay uh, the same. That would be 128 and 256. There would be an enhanced version of the Taptic Engine that would specifically um, be because of the removal of the home button on the front of the screen. And there would be improved 3D touch module. Uh, let's see, better battery life. Uh, well, of course, you know, you always want to work on that. Gee, nice go out on the limb there, guys. I, I think they're going back to that L-shaped larger battery rumor and also the improved performance from an OLED display and the A11 processor, which would be a, a, should be a more efficient processor. We could see a couple hours of improvement for the iPhone 8 versus the iPhone 7 Plus. And of course, an improved camera, but strangely no specs other than it's improved. You think? Gee, has Apple ever improved the camera from one generation to the next? Let me think about that. But all rumors were not about the iPhone. There were also rumors of other Apple products out there, and the Apple Watch 3rd Gen being one of them. This rumor starts, rather interestingly, that Apple would be incorporating a new micro-LED display tech that is hyper-energy efficient. Apple acquired LuxView, L-U-X-V-U-E, a micro-LED display developer in 2014 and has been working on developing this for a mass market. Apple, unlike with the iPhone, can, for the Apple Watch, push the limits of technology 
as the quantities compared to the iPhone are much, much smaller. That Apple would be working on tech to improve the battery life for the Apple Watch is not a shocker, as battery life is a major issue, causing Apple to force the screen off after being on just a few seconds, which is my personal biggest pet peeve for the Apple Watch. Being able to leave the screen on for a longer period of time will increase what we can do with it, or at a minimum will decrease the frustration of having to retap on the screen over and over and over. So yes, having a more efficient screen, absolutely. I gotta imagine Apple's working on it, and hopefully we'll see that with the third gen Apple Watch. If there is an Apple Watch coming, I fall under the group that thinks it'll be in September when the app when Apple would announce it, not at WWDC, which some others are reporting lately as well. Last episode, I mentioned how the iPhone 7 totally trounced the SAMI S8 in speed tests. Well, the site iMore has a good post on why the iPhone 7 trounced the SAMI S8 in speed tests when going core to core. It is a really good read, even if the site is full of annoying ads that cause low slow sp- um, load speeds. I think it will be summarized, though, like this. Apple has attracted some of the brightest minds in chip design because it offers an environment to designers for a future without being hampered by legacy issues. All they need to do is design it to work with iOS devices and apps. And at the end of the day, that has resulted in CPUs on a per-core basis that are much faster and more energy efficient than the competing chipsets on the market. To sum up in two words, tighter integration. That is what Apple internal teams get to design for. Be together and the same works a lot better than be together and different when designing chips. Thanks once again to Texture for sponsoring our show. As I said before, Texture is essentially Netflix magazines. You get access to over 200 of the top magazines. And here is what's really important. Again, I mentioned this on past episodes. I'll mention it again. In this current environment, you have real news publications here. No fake news not from the right or the left, for people looking for link bait, we're talking about real credible news magazines like Time, The New Yorker, Macworld, Popular Science, and many others. You know, the type that believe in two verified sources before reporting something. But you only need one app and service to get all the great magazines, and that is Texture. And Texture really helps me keep track of the podcasting marketplace and the smartphone industry. That is the beauty of Texture. You get access to over 200 top magazines covering every niche with your subscription. And Texture has gone beyond delivering just magazines itself. They've made it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture is normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash TII, you'll get a 14-day free trial. The magazines look great on your iPhone and iPad, And that means you have access to all the magazines anytime, anywhere. And here's what I really like. You can search for a topic across all the magazines. Search for podcast and sort by the newest. And I can keep up to date on my day job. Why on earth would you subscribe to a couple of magazines when you could have all the best ones on your iPhone or iPad all the time for way less? Sign up for Texture right now and get insider access to all the content from the world's best publications and no trees were killed to bring you these great publications. It's all just bits, man. Once again, go to texture, T-E-X-T-U-R-E, texture.com slash T-I-I to get your 14-day free trial. Get real news from real news sources. Thanks, Texture, for sponsoring the show.
Hi, Rob. This is Tammy in St. Louis, and I'm calling with a tip that I hope will help our visually impaired listeners who have iPhones. Uh, I just discovered this tip accidentally the other day and thought I'd pass it along. In the keyboard area of the settings where you have the replace the text feature where you can type in a shortcut to um, use for a word or a phrase so that you just type the shortcut in. I found that maybe other people know this. I didn't. You can actually stick emojis in there. So I went in with and looked up my most frequently used emojis and assigned little two or three word abbreviations, you know, like for hearts. I did L-U-V um, and assigned those. So now I can just stick those in a text or an email and I don't have to go searching for them on the emoji keyboard and hope I'm tapping on the right one because I too am visually impaired. So this makes it a lot easier to just stick those in there and go to use one and I think it's going to be a new frequently used emoji. I'll assign it a shortcut letter or two and off I go. So I hope this helps some of your visually impaired users. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Talk to you soon. Bye. Tammy, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. iOS 10.3.1 now blocks third-party lightning cable adapters. Thanks, Apple. Regards, Jeff. Hmm. I've not seen this happen, at least not with any of the ones I have, but maybe I've only used mine for charging and not syncing to the computer. If anyone else has had an issue with third-party lightning cable adapters not working since iOS 10.3.1, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. We are going back to the email bag. Hey, Rob. A few weeks ago, I emailed you about an Indiegogo campaign that never shipped called the Pop Slate iPhone case. It was, a, it was unique in that it was the only case with an e-ink display on the back. Well, now that there's a new... Indiegogo uh, campaign out there for a case with a 5-inch AMOLED screen, wireless charging, 2800 milliamp hour battery, headphone jack, and much more. It even has a built-in metal plate for mounting to a magnetic dashboard uh, dash car holders, dashboard car holders. I'm skeptical they can even pull this off, but if they can, it looks pretty good to me. I'm going to back it. I just have to figure out which version. We'll let you know if I ever get it. Regards, Eric Boils. And then, okay, Eric, I replied back, thank you. Um, I looked this over. I don't get it. I mean, it's an Android phone in a case for an iPhone. Is that it? I mean, in, according to their Indiegogo page, quote, add your iPhone, 5-inch display, full Android OS, battery power, 256 gig storage, two times uh, SIM slots, IR blaster, wireless charging, unquote. The project is called IEYE, the smartphone case, the smart iPhone case. Pricing on this is $149 for the 4 gig version and $125 for the no cellular version. Uh, so, folks, if you want to slap an Android phone inside a case that you then slap your iPhone into, well, now it sounds like, oh, and I shudder to say this I have an Apple, I have a case. Ugh. Apple case. I have an Android. I have a case. Ugh. Android case. Apple case. Android case. Ugh. Case Android Apple case. Oh, that hurts saying that out loud. Sorry. 
This project claims to have raised over $700,000 in funding. However, as Eric pointed out in a second email, when you look at the level of funding, it shows that they received, and then add up the number of people they show claiming the different levels, the two don't jive. And, and I mean, not even close. If you add up all the backers and their levels, we're talking less than $30,000 for total funding, but the Indiegogo site shows funding of over $700,000. Mm, very, very odd indeed. Beyond not knowing why anyone would even want this, there seems to be some red flags on this one. Might be, well, best to wait. Wait until you can buy it from Overstock or some other site next year. Anyway, if you want to have a CAAC case, search for iCase, E-Y-E case, in the show notes for episode 426 at Today in iPhone or today in iOS.com, either will get you there. Uh, you have until, well, I'm not sure, because I could not find an end date on the page, but it still looked like you could sign up. But I guess act soon, or else you'll be stuck with just an iPhone. Part of the reason for the delay of this episode, okay, all of the reason for the delay of this episode, was I was at NAB last week in Las Vegas. That is the National Association of Broadcasters. Uh, it's the big show, over 100,000 people attending. Most of the gear shown was for big broadcasters. So I had to really search the show floor to find anything to talk about for iOS. This was not an easy task. But I did find a few things from walking around. And the one I want to mention on today's episode is the Roland Go Mixer. Roland uh, Go, G-O, colon, M-I-X-E-R. So it's Go, colon, Mixer. It has a street price of just $99. And someday it'll go on Amazon Prime for $79, I hope. This is an audio mixer for your iPhone. From their literature that I was able to pick up there, quote, Go Mixer is a compact audio mixer for smartphone production. Compatible with iOS smartphones, Go Mixer connects digitally via an included cable, providing clear stereo sound that is a marked upgrade over using the iPhone's built-in mono mic or analog line inputs. With multiple inputs available, users can connect a mic, musical instruments, and media players and mix them all together live while they record on their iPhone, unquote. It looks like it should work for multiple mics. I have a request in for a sample unit to try out and hope to report back on that in the future if they send it. But cool to see more tools being made available for use with mobile devices as the hub. And it really is mobile. It's three and three quarter inches by three and three quarter inches by just one and one eighth inch high. And it only weighs four ounces. The iPhone 7 Plus is three inches by six and a quarter. And to put that all in perspective, so this is a little more than half the size of the iPhone 7 Plus. It is the smallest mini portable mixer I have ever seen. Again, that was Go, G-O, colon, mixer, M-I-X-E-R. And you can search for that in Amazon right now, and it's available for $99. This is Bill from Houston and soon to be from Philadelphia. I have a, a problem with the keyboards that when I do a, I think it's a hard reset, when I push the power button and the home button at the same time and hold it there until it, you know, it recycles. When it comes back, it reverts to the standard keyboard and uh, I have to add the additional keyboards uh, then, and I have to do it every time I, I do this. Is that just the way it was designed, or um, is there some way that, uh, or a setting that I can change? I appreciate, and as everyone else says, I'm 
very grateful for your podcast and the incredible amount of time that you put into it. Uh, I'm not sure I would would stick with an iPhone if it weren't for uh, your podcast. Um, it gives me all the information and more that I need to really get the best out of the iPhone. Thanks so much. Well, I am not one that uses different keyboards. I'm using the stock keyboard. So I'm going to throw this one out to the audience because I know there's quite a few listeners that do use many different keyboards out there. If anyone can help Bill, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let us know if there is a default setting there for keyboards so that after a hard reset, you go back to the keyboard that you set before, not the... And installed keyboard. So how do you keep from keyboards getting reset back to the factory default? And into the email bag we go. Hey Rob, I was wondering if you could help me out. I recently made a backup of my iPhone 6S Plus on iTunes through my Windows computer, but when I tried to restore from the backup, I was unable to do so. I received the message that my backup was corrupted or incompatible. Is there a way that you or your listeners know that will allow me to extract the photos and videos from this backup file? I look forward to hearing any suggestions. Regards, Joe from Wisconsin. Well, Joe, I'm assuming you went into iTunes on your computer and you go under preferences and then look to see what backups are showing, right? They might be showing multiple backups. You may want to take a look and try to back up from the others. Um, as with anything, make sure you've got any needed photos off before you start doing a restore from backup. But again, the first place I would look is in iTunes under preferences and then see if what there's a place there that shows you the backups. See if you can see multiple backups. Hey Rob, Ryan from Seattle. With WWDC coming up here in June, just had a quick question for you. I wanted your opinion on um, something Apple Watch related. You know, I, I've dabbled with Android Wear, um, even into Tizen, and I love my Apple Watch, but I really wish that there could be some third-party developer watch faces um, out there. I'm wondering if you think that that's something that they're going to introduce in WWDC, maybe Apple Watch Face SDK or something like that. Um, that would be really cool if they could do something like that, obviously. But I'm not sure. Obviously, nobody knows they're going to. But what do you think, man? Think that's something in the cards for them? Or are they going to continue to uh, just make the watch faces that they deem appropriate available to us? Thanks, man. Looking forward to your reply. Later. Joe, thank you for the feedback. And I guess the short answer is, I hope they're going to do that. You know, I, I was thinking they might do it last year. I'm really, really hoping they'll do it this year. Be nice to have the ability to do custom watch faces, even as the end user to create your own. But as a minimum, I'd like to see them make that available to developers and content and creators so that they can go in and make their app faces available for end users to either buy or download for free, like they've done with uh, the messaging uh, icons. So hope or stickers. So hopefully they're going to do something similar to what they did with message stickers for watch faces with the watch update when we, we have that here with the watchOS update and WWDC announcement. Back in early March, multiple sites reported on Apple cracking down on devs that used SDKs from Rollout and other companies that allowed for additional features code to be added to the apps without the App Store approval. Think that was an issue? Hmm, can't imagine. 
Apple in early March started sending rejection letters to devs that used the SDK from rollout. And at the time, they had a response, rollout that is, that said they thought they were in compliance with Apple store requirements. And Apple was then taking a tighter interpretation uh, than rollout was. But the CEO said, wait until April and we'll announce something new and in compliance. And April's come, and the announcement has come as well. And their new product is called Rox, R-O-X. And from the press release, quote, Rox gives mobile developers the ability to selectively deliver new features to subsets of users before deciding if these features are ready to be deployed across all users. Rox monitors the performance of those features and can make intelligent data-driven recommendations about future and further development. Importantly, all code is already included in the app at the initial point of download and simply turned on or off for individual users or groups. This allows the apps, Apple App Store to approve all code ahead of time and allow features that are buggy or do not deliver on business goals to be disabled without the need for hot patching or emergency expedited releases, unquote. Link in the show note for more info on this. Into the email bag. Hey Rob, ask Siri, what do you like to do for fun? Regards, John. Well, thanks, John, for the suggestion. What do you like to do for fun? The same thing you like to do for fun. Talk to someone on the other side of this screen. What do you like to do for fun? The same thing you like to do for fun. Talk to someone on the other side of this screen. What do you like to do for fun? Answering what I do for fun is what I do for fun. What do you like to do for fun? I like pina coladas and getting caught in the, oops, never mind. Thanks again to Texture for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to texture.com slash TII to get your 14-day free trial with access to well over 200 of the best and most popular magazines. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode. Be a question or rant about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. Always looking for new artwork or a feature on the show you've created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it, send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music that you've created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. Quick reminder, if you are an app dev or an iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Thanks again to Bowl and Branch for sponsoring this episode. Folks, go right now to bowlandbranch.com and use promo code TI to get $50 off the nicest sheets and cotton products you have ever owned with free shipping to boot. Finally, check out our newly updated TI app, which is newly updated again, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. It's the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TI is released. It's fully voiceover friendly, of course. Per the last episode, this last update, it really is about push notifications and a couple of little bug fixes. Uh, and and now they are almost instantly delivered. I, I sent out 19,000 plus the last time and they're delivered within like three or four seconds. This is a huge improvement from how it was. And it also fixes issues where some users were not getting push notifications from the TI app at all. So go right now and download the TI app. And if you already have it, make sure you update it. 
Stick around after the music for one more voicemail message. That was a long one, so I'm going to put it at the end. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Lipson.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Lipson.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
drag our finger around the screen and listen to voiceover tell us what's on the screen. That's called Explore by Touch. And then when we find something, we still have to select it by double tapping it. There's really no other practical way for a blind person to select something. Um, but we'll give you one alternative uh, to double tapping, and that's called a split tap. So that involves two fingers. That means you find the item you wish to choose, uh, either by dragging your finger to it or flicking left and right until you reach it. And then instead of double tapping, you put one, you know, you, you, you put one finger on the screen, um, and you hear the item you want to select, and you take another finger and tap once. That's a split tap. Instead of tap tap, you know, double tapping with one finger, you tap once with one finger, and then you tap again, uh, with the first finger on the screen, you tap again anywhere on the screen with the second finger. And the item that voiceover just spoke will be, this is Daryl from Tempe again, uh, just with the uh, uh, final uh, thoughts on uh, my previous message concerning the voiceover question in episode 425. Um, anyway, I think I covered split tap um, sufficiently. Um just like to uh, let everyone know that there are lots of great resources out there for blind people in, in the blind community to talk about voiceover or anything else accessibility-related uh, on iOS. Uh, I recommend applevis.com, A-P-P-L-E-V-I-S.com. Um, and then, of course, there's, uh, you know, there's... Uh, Apple.com slash accessibility, which is a website all about Apple's accessibility program directly from Apple. So, anyway, I hope that all helps. Again, this is Daryl from Tempe. Have a great week, everybody. Goodbye.